What this dying world could use is some willing man of God who dares to go against the grain and work without applause. A man who raised the shield of faith, protecting what is pure, whose love is tough and gentle, a man whose word is sure. God doesn't need an orator, he knows just what to say. He doesn't need authority to reason him away. He doesn't need an army to guarantee a win. He just needs a few good men. Men full of compassion who laugh and love and cry. Men who face eternity that aren't afraid to die. Men who fight for freedom and honor once again. He just needs a few good men. He calls the broken derelict whose life has been renewed. He calls the one who has the strength to stand up for the truth. Enlistment lines are open, and he wants you to come in. He just needs a few good men. Men full of compassion, who laugh and love and cry. Men who face eternity and aren't afraid to die. Men who fight for freedom and honor once again. He just needs a few good men. Men full of compassion who laugh and love and cry. Men who face eternity and aren't afraid to die. Men who fight for freedom and honor once again. He just needs a few good men. He just needs a few good men. I appreciate the message of that song. I've always enjoyed that. And Brenton. We added a new McMath tonight. Uh, David is not feeling well, so they did a little bit of recruiting and added another David Brenton here. And uh, so thank you for joining. I volunteered to, to be a good man tonight and, and be a part of that. And, and uh, Randy and Jerry, I was just uh, remembering back. And, and Jerry, it was when, uh, when you faced uh, your sickness and in the hospital, I think, Randy, you picked up the guitar and you began to play at that time. And uh, what a blessing uh, that uh, that is. And just uh, uh, seeing the progress of that. And uh, that, that is a great joy, great blessing. And uh, that ought to be a testimony that uh, you can pick up an instrument and begin to play and to uh, be a blessing here. And uh, we'll have to put together a, uh, what would we call it? Uh, 
uh, a chorus, what do, you, what do you call that, an ensemble, whatever it would be, and put some good instruments. We just need a few good men, and we'll take some ladies and, uh, and that and have a, have a good time with that. So what a, what a blessing tonight. Uh, let me have you, we're going to be in the Gospel of John chapter 21 this evening, John chapter 21, but I, I want to begin before I have you stand as we read together the Word of God, I'd like you to turn to the, uh, to the Gospel of Luke and just give you a bit of background here uh, this evening and a very familiar passage. Let's go to Luke chapter 22, and I'll read a few verses here from Luke chapter 22, then we'll turn to the Gospel of John chapter 21, and we'll have you stand as we read together the Word of God. Uh, Luke chapter 22, I want to begin here in verse number 31, and uh, this will help us to understand a bit of what uh, we're going to be preaching on this evening. Uh, Luke chapter 22, this is the night of the betrayal, and the night uh, as Jesus and his disciples make their way to the Garden of Gethsemane. You'll see this in, in chapter 22, and it is there that Jesus is betrayed. He is arrested, falsely accused, and then crucified the following day. And it's my conviction this would have been Tuesday evening, and that the crucifixion was on Wednesday, and uh, Jesus would have been three days and three nights in the tomb. And then up from the grave he arose. And I know around here there is the Good Friday celebration and everybody makes the pilgrimage. Uh, but the fact is that uh, the crucifixion was on a Wednesday, was not on a Friday. And uh, that the resurrection uh, then after the full three days. Now let me read here what Jesus spoken to Peter, verse 31, Luke 22. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan had desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day, before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. And he said, uh, said, when I sent you without purse and script and shoes, lacked you anything, they said nothing. Now let me skip over to verse number 54, verse 54 of Luke 22. And uh, this is that night of the uh, arrest and uh, Jesus is facing trial before the Sanhedrin, verse 54. Uh, then they took him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house and Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. And after a little while, another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour after, another confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. The Bible tells us in another of the Gospels at this point that Peter actually cursed as he was accused of, of being a Galilean. His speech betrayed him, and, and then he gave the speech of the world. He cursed, and immediately while he yet spake, the cock crew. And the Lord turned, and, and I can just imagine this, this look of, of the Lord Jesus Christ here. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And you'll read here the statement, And Peter went out and wept bitterly. 
Now, I, I can't uh, imagine all that, that, that Peter is, is dealing with in his own heart. And, and we talked a, a bit about that uh, this morning, that uh, Peter probably had come to this point, could God ever use me again? Have I so failed? Have I so messed up that uh, all of the Lord's plans for me are now of no avail? And I just wonder if this is what is taking place. And I can imagine here that night as, as Jesus has, has been betrayed and uh, here Peter has denied the Lord three times and the Lord looked upon Peter. And I, I can't imagine that gaze uh, of the Lord as he looked at Peter. He looked deep into the depths of the heart of Peter. And uh, Peter went out and wept bitterly. There's a difference between Judas and Peter. You see, Judas, though he failed miserably, had never been saved. The uh, Bible gives great evidence of this, that uh, although he walked with Jesus three and a half years, uh, Judas never trusted Jesus Christ as his Savior. In fact, in John 6, Jesus called Judas a devil. Now, I, I believe on the other hand, Peter was a true Christian. Uh, Peter knew the Lord. And uh, Peter, though he failed, uh, the Lord uh, continued to work upon the heart and the life uh, of Peter. And I, I take great uh, comfort in this fact that when you know the Lord, the Lord continuously works. He never lets go of his own. He never leaves his own. He'll never forsake you. And, and through all the ups and the downs and the failures and the difficulties, how gracious is the Lord. Now we, we go to the Gospel of John chapter 21. We preached out of this passage this morning. And I want to, to now just uh, pick up here after the... After this great drought of fish, after the Lord has blessed and worked a miracle, 103, 153 great fishes, the Bible says, uh, here the Lord turns his attention specifically to Peter. And I'd like you to stand with me, and, and we'll read here beginning at verse number 15 this evening. John chapter 21 and verse number 15. Uh, the Bible reads here, So when they had dined... Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, Son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. It's really a, a tender moment, a, a special time in the life of, of Simon Peter and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe here tonight this, this gives testimony of, of God's working in the heart and the life of, of his vessels, of his chosen ones, of those that are saved. And grateful here tonight that the gifts and calling of God are without repentance and how the Lord works and deals with the heart and life. And let me say, despite ourselves. Uh, I think every one of us would have to admit that at some point we've been Simon Peter. At some point, we have done that which we said we would never do. At some point, the Lord has had to show us how weak we really are and how much we need Him and how we cannot do it without Him.
I'd like you to join me tonight. Let's go to the Lord in, in prayer and, and look to him this evening. And we so need him and his working as always. Father, I thank you this evening for your special, precious word that you have given unto us. And Lord, I thank you that in your word there is just a, a testimony and, a, and a, a blessing for every need of our lives. And Lord, I thank you that like Simon Peter, uh, you know the heart of each and every one of us. And, and Lord, uh, you take the pride and you put it down. And then you take the humble and you exalt. And God, I pray that uh, you would build in our lives and our hearts this attitude of humility and, and help us to recognize that except for your grace, there we go also. And Lord, help us to recognize day by day our need of your power and your strength. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated. And again, just to, to rehearse, give the, the background, uh, we know that the Lord, after his resurrection, showed himself to the apostles, and the Bible says in the book of Acts, chapter 1, and verse number 3, by many infallible proofs. And I would just state here tonight that there is more proof of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ than uh, just about any court case that has ever been won. And I believe that the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, as we spoke this morning, has proven Jesus to be God uh, with power from the dead and how wonderful the Savior is that we serve. And, and I believe the resurrection separates the Lord Jesus from every other religious leader. Uh, I've given the testimony, had the privilege of witnessing to a man that claimed to be an atheist. And when we dealt with the resurrection, uh, it's just really a blessing to see as, as he could not deny the resurrection. And he had to finally conclude that God was real and just a blessing it was the resurrection that made the difference in his life I want to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse number 4 and all the way through verse number 8 and the Bible says that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures verse 5 says and that he was seen of Cephas then of the twelve and after that he was seen of above 500 brethren at once of whom the greater part remain unto this present but some are fallen asleep after that he was seen of James then of all the apostles last of all Paul says he was seen of me also as of one born out of due time and we have very ample proof of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we read in, in John chapter 21 and, and verse number 1, we dealt with this this morning. Uh, verse 1 says, After these things Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the sea of Tiberias and on this wise he showed himself. He said these are the circumstances surrounding this particular event. He said in verse 14, This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. Now we talked this morning how Jesus or how the disciples went fishing. I would just imagine in my mind out of confusion, out of discouragement, out of a lack of direction in their lives. And, and we saw the fruitless efforts, how they labored through the night and yet caught nothing. And I believe that was divinely appointed. As they made their way to shore the very next morning, Jesus was waiting for them, but they didn't recognize him. He had a table spread, a table prepared, a fire and fish upon that fire and bread that was prepared prepared for them and he directed them to cast their net on the other side and or on the right side and as they did so the Lord blessed with a great drought of fishes they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes a miracle they recognized through that miracle the Lord Jesus Christ it is the Lord John said and they found the Lord had prepared this table and invited them come and dine now the Bible says here at verse 15 so when they had dined, 
Jesus saith to Simon Peter. Now he puts his attention to one that desperately needed it. I'm so thankful for the times that the Lord knew just what I needed. And he directed his word right to me. He said to Simon Peter, he focused that attention. And, and Peter needed the Lord at that point in his life. Now he knew that the Lord was alive. Uh, but I believe that Jesus purposefully pursued Peter. He wouldn't let go of Peter. And again, there was a difference between Peter and Judas Iscariot. Peter knew the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus would not let go of him. And I want to, to bring this down this evening to three thoughts and very simple outline. There's the question, and then the response, and then the call. Now let's look at the, the question, very important question. Uh, Simon, in verse 15, Jesus says, Son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? Let's bring this down here, a, a personal question. It's directed to Simon, Simon. This one, and we read about it, that had miserably failed. Uh, the fact is, I, I believe had he loved Jesus with a perfect love, uh, he never would have denied the Lord. And you'll find that every failure in our life is going to be a lack of, of our love for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now every one of us in this audience tonight, there's a time and a place that uh, remembrances or reminders, there may be places that you don't even like to go to because it reminds you of a failure or of a time in your life, maybe where you've denied the Lord or you did things that you said you would never do or you thought thoughts or you got involved with things. And, and like Simon here, the Lord now, has, he's miserably failed and it's been a lack of his love and uh, he would never have denied the Lord had he loved the Lord with that perfect heart as he ought to have. But uh, Peter needed to be confronted with that question. And it's a question that every one of us need to hear tonight from the Lord. Brian McMath, lovest thou me more than these? Every one of us need to hear this question from the Lord, lovest thou me? See, the first and the great commandment is, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. See, the Lord wants our hearts tonight Above all things. If the Lord has our hearts, He has everything else about us. And again, over and over, as my children were small, I would say to my children, uh, give me thine heart. I, I need your heart. And I can't help you if I don't have your heart. And I can say this tonight as a pastor. I can't help you if I don't have your heart. And I can say that as a parent. I can't help you without your heart. And I believe the Lord would say that to us tonight. And I, I can't be what God wants me to be if he doesn't have my heart tonight. So lovest thou me. All of the commandments center around that one question. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not bow down to them, nor worship them. Thou shalt not have any graven image or make unto thee any graven image. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God 
in vain. Uh, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Every other commandment centers around this statement. If you love me, keep my commandments. And so, lovest thou me? Do you love Jesus tonight? Can you say from the depths of your heart, do you enjoy being with Jesus Christ? Do you enjoy spending time? Do you you love him to the point that you read your Bible and you want to know about him? I I remember when my wife uh, started sending me love letters. I wanted to read those love letters. Didn't put them up and hold on to them for several days. No, as soon as I I received it in the mail, I, I read it. I wanted to know. I wanted to know my wife. I wanted to know who she was. And see, if we love the Lord, we want to read His Word, and we want to spend time with Him. We want to be with Him. And I was thinking about this. Do you look forward to heaven? You see, I think a lot of Christians, uh, for them, heaven is going to be boring because they don't enjoy being with the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, heaven's not going to be about the streets of gold and the gates of pearl and all of the beauty of heaven. Heaven is going to be about Jesus Christ. And I look forward uh, to seeing my mom in heaven and look forward to seeing my grandparents in heaven. But the greatest thing about heaven is to be with Jesus Christ. So it's a personal Question, lovest thou me? I wonder how much our love for him is real. I have to to admit tonight, I don't love Jesus like I need to love him, like I want to love him. As the Lord points that question to Peter, I think there's in Peter's heart this realization now from his heart, Lord, I don't love you like I ought to love you. And if I really loved you like I ought to love you, I never would have denied you as I denied you. It's a personal question. But you notice it's, it's a pointed question. In verse 15, this, this statement against Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And the statement here, more than these... Now, a little confusing, more than these, what, what does he mean than this? And it seems a little vague here, and I think maybe vague because it, it applies to each of us, more than these. And I just picture in, in my heart, uh, Peter loved fishing, and I go a-fishing, he said, and they just enclosed 153 great fishes, uh, Christ's miracle uh, as he worked. And I wonder, Peter, lovest thou me more than these, more than this fishing business? He had left that once before. And now he's going back to that, and he's going to have to, to do it again. He's going to have to deny that again as we get to the end of this section here tonight because there's a call upon his life. And, and see, it's only a deep love for the Lord Jesus Christ that is going to carry him through God's purpose for his life. See, in each of our lives, there are some things that we're going to have to leave to follow Christ. Lovest thou me more than these? Mark chapter 10, verse number 28, before this experience, Peter said, Lo, we have left all and followed thee. And Jesus responded to Peter, There's no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels, but he shall receive an hundredfold. And Jesus said, If you're going to be my disciple, uh, you must deny yourself and take up your cross daily and follow me. And he said, Whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. That's pretty strong wording from the Lord. Lovest thou me more than these? Maybe Jesus is looking 
at the other disciples and when you think about the failure of Peter, Simon, lovest thou me more than these? And just a few days before Peter or Jesus had warned Peter, before the cock crows, uh, twice, you're going to deny me thrice. And Peter responded, even if everyone else denies you, Lord, I never will. I'll die for you before I deny you. I'm willing to go to the cross with you. And as if Peter was saying, uh, Lord, all of these may turn their back upon you, but I never will. I won't turn my back upon you. And, and Jesus knew his heart better than Peter knew his own heart. Jesus knows your heart tonight better than you know your own heart. I've been right there where Peter's been. Lord, I'll never do that. And then I find myself falling flat on my back. Peter, now that you've denied me, do you love me more than these other disciples? See, this is a piercing question. It's a personal question and it's a pointed question, but it's a piercing question. This question pierced the heart of Peter. Now we read just previously how the Lord had said Peter before this night is over. Three times you're going to deny me. We read at the end of Luke chapter 22 how Peter did the very thing the Lord said that he would do. Uh, Peter, though he denied, he would deny Christ, and uh, yet he did. And how miserably he failed. Uh, there's no doubt that, that Peter had already gained forgiveness. You remember after the resurrection uh, that that first uh, day the Lord appeared to Peter and so I, I think Peter had gained some forgiveness and Jesus had appeared personally to him that first resurrection morn. But I know the, the struggle, if you ever come to the place and you failed, and you come to an, an altar and you gain God's forgiveness, but in the depths of your heart there's still the guilt and the shame of what you've done. And I remember the time I expressed this morning that I thought I'd failed and I'd been to the altar and asked the Lord's forgiveness and knew that the Lord had granted that forgiveness, but deep in the depths of my heart, Lord, could you ever use me again? And I think Peter is struggling within himself. Can I still be his disciple? All the dreams, you see, he loved the fishing business. His whole life is wrapped up with Jesus Christ. Can I still serve him? Can I still be his disciple? See, so that, that had been the dream and the vision of Peter. Lord, we, we left all and we followed thee. And we did so gladly and I've never regretted that. But Lord, now have I so failed that you can't use me? Three times Peter had denied Jesus. And so three times Jesus asks him, the question. In verse 15, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? In verse 16, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? In verse 17, he saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And in verse 17, Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And, and that was a piercing question to Peter. It, it pierced to the depths of his heart. And, and friend, listen to me tonight. Jesus does not take lightly our sin. He gets down to the depths and the core of our heart, and it hurts. 
And we don't like to be hurt. We don't like to be confronted. But Jesus knows that for us to be used, the sin must be completely under the blood. Peter, by this time, is a broken man. And that's good. Because the Lord uses the contrite heart, the broken spirit. Before the cross, Peter failed with pride. And in pride, Lord, I'll never deny you. And three times uh, going to sleep in the garden of Gethsemane, and the Lord had warned, and uh, you need to pray lest you enter into temptation. And, and Peter didn't see the need. He was filled with pride. He didn't understand his own weakness. And now he's broken. And, and that's just what God uses tonight. Broken vessels. And so with the question, Jesus pierced the heart of Peter. So that Peter would come to a full Restoration. I'm very, very thankful tonight that in my own failure, the Lord didn't let me off the hook. Uh, so often we're kind of like Adam and Eve. We've sinned against the Lord. And that guilt and shame causes us to want to hide. Just to go and get away and run. But I'm very thankful tonight that the Lord doesn't let us hide. He comes along, Adam. Where art thou? You've got to confront the sin. You've got to deal with the past before you can go on in the future and be used of God. And, and sad to say there are many that, that they don't deal with the past and never get the past under the blood and so they can never go forward. And so the Lord deals with Peter and he's got to deal with that past and so he uses a piercing question in his heart. It's a personal question. It's a pointed question. It's a piercing question, but it's a preparing question. See, Jesus had marvelous plans for Peter. Peter could not be all that Jesus wanted him to be unless he loved Jesus with all of his heart. I was reading recently, I thought this was good. It's not science, nor intellect, nor eloquence that wins souls. But it's the love of Christ that pours out that love to other men that makes the difference. It's exactly what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, have not charity, and become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could move, uh, remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. What Paul was expressing is, is I might be the greatest speaker, but if I have not love, it's nothing. And, and though I give all of my goods for the poor, but it's not out of love, it's of no profit whatsoever. And I might have great faith, and in my faith, move mountains, but if it's not built upon charity, it is nothing. And so the greatest, listen tonight, the greatest preparation for serving Christ is loving Christ. And that's what we need in our churches today. Those that love Jesus 
with all of their hearts. See, the Lord knew that as Peter would serve him, that when the going would get tough and when men would mock and attack and when the message would be rejected and when those that you love and invest in would turn against you, the only thing that would keep Peter going would be a deep love for the Lord Jesus Christ. I was reading the testimony of John Patton. He was the missionary to the Cannibal Islands. John Patton was told and warned a number of times, John, you're going to go there, they're going to kill you. They're going to eat you. And his statement was often, but I love the Lord. This is where he's called me. And they need the love of Jesus Christ. Through the testimony of, of John Patton, an entire island almost converted to the Lord Jesus Christ, the island of Anawa. And it was the testimony of a love for the Lord Jesus Christ that carried him to the cannibal islands to give the message of Christ's love. You know the story, Ephesians, or excuse me, Revelation 2, the story of the church at Ephesus. Brother Montoya mentioned an excellent Sunday school class this morning. Uh, that church had a lot of rights. Uh, that church at Ephesus was doctrinally sound. They were working diligently. They were patient in tribulation. But the Lord said, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. And that church needed to correct where it had gone astray. And the Lord said, I want you to remember from whence thou hast fallen. He said, You remember back to those days. Remember that first love for the Lord Jesus Christ. You remember how it was. You would do anything for Christ and you would go anywhere for Christ and you loved him and wanted to be with him and spend time with him. And he said, remember back to those days and you've left that time. You don't love the Lord like you used to love the Lord. He says, not only do you remember, but you need to repent and come back to that. So that's the question. Simon, lovest thou me? More than these. Personal Simon, to you, personal tonight. More than these. Do you love me above all things? A piercing question to go forward and to deal with this issue of his heart. And it's a question preparing him for the ministry that would be before him. There's the question. Now the response. Look again with me. Three times the question was given. Verse 17, the response. Excuse me, verse 15, John 21. We have the response. Verse 15. He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And again in verse 16. He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And then in verse number 17. He said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Uh, just a couple of thoughts about Peter's response. Do you sense the humility? See, Peter's pride was broken. The question hurt. Peter was grieved. Remember before the cross, Lord, I'll never deny you. Lord, I'll die for you. But now Peter understands his own frailty. And I sense in this response of Peter, this is a contrite reply. And you know, I find that sometimes it's out of our failure that God breaks us and brings us to humility. 
And it's at that point of humility that the Lord can use us and do things through us that He could never use or do before our failure. So the humility of the response. But there's this honesty. I believe as Peter responded to the Lord, I believe Peter genuinely loved the Lord. And he also knew, and you notice the statement uh, these three times, thou knowest, or or the last time, thou knowest all things. Uh, Lord, it's like Peter saying, Lord, you knew my heart when I said that I would not deny you. You knew me then. And I couldn't hide from you then. I did not know my own heart, but Lord, you knew my heart then. And you know my heart now. And Lord, I cannot hide from you any longer. But I believe in honesty. Peter is saying, Lord, I love you. And Lord, here's a blessed thought tonight. One that truly loves Christ may fail miserably. But the Lord always draws him back. Always brings him home always works in his life. I've seen it time and time again, men and women and boys and girls like Peter. Lord, I'll never do that. And then they do that. And then their heart is broken. And it's a testimony to their love for Christ that the Lord draws them back. And and maybe like Peter, you have failed. And I I think of the one recently that that came and said, Oh, preacher, wish I would have listened. And I I wish I would have listened. And I, I didn't. And I failed miserably. But here was the blessing that was now a repentant spirit and a desire to get things right. The Lord draws. Maybe like Peter. You failed, but the Lord hasn't let go. You love him still, and you still want to serve him. You still want to do his will for your life. I remember, as I said this morning, the time that I thought that I had failed and God couldn't use me, and given the testimony here recently several times, went back to the farm, thought I would have to go back to the farm. I remember going out by the well on my dad's farm, looking out over the cornfield. And I remember just weeping, just weeping. All I had wanted to do after the Lord called me was to be a preacher. And and Lord, I failed. And I remember pleading with the Lord. Dear Lord, I'd I'd still like to be a preacher. If it's a missionary, whatever it is, I still want to serve you. I remember crying out to the Lord. and Oh, just that sweet assurance as the Lord wrapped his arms of love about me. And just made his forgiveness so real and so gracious to me. Here's the humility of Peter's response and the honesty of his response. The question. Look back again, verse 15, verse 16, verse 17. Here's the call three times. In verse number 15, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. These are the baby sheep. These are the new converts. In verse 16, again, he saith unto him, feed my sheep. In verse number 17, Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. And these would be the strong and healthy sheep and the weak and sickly sheep. And you're to feed my sheep and the lambs. And I believe that this is the pastoral call upon Peter the apostle. Uh, You see, Christ is placing Peter now 
as his under-shepherd. I believe that Peter becomes the pastor here at the First Baptist Church of Jerusalem and he is appointed by Jesus Christ on this occasion as the next pastor of that church. Remember, Jesus founded his church during his earthly ministry and Jesus was the first pastor and now Peter is appointed as that under-shepherd in the place of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Peter was a natural leader and now Jesus places Peter to guide the reins of that church. He's now in a position that he has to depend totally upon God's power. I'm thankful that even in our failure, the Lord shows us His power. And that what we cannot do, He can do through us. Uh, Peter in his own flesh had failed. In his flesh, he denied Christ. Uh, His own self-will had led the other apostles fishing. And after a night of failure, catching nothing, the Lord revealing that all of your fruitfulness and future ministry is going to be directed by me and all has to come through me and everything in the flesh is going to be vain. It must be my spirit and my power at work. And now through Christ, Peter, could be mightily used. And he would be God's vessel on the day of Pentecost when 3,000 would be saved. Give you a little secret. Christ is not looking for perfect vessels. He can use broken vessels and scarred vessels and marred vessels, but he'll never use a dirty vessel. He's looking for clean vessels that have been cleansed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord uses vessels that nobody else thought would ever be used of Himself. He uses the weak things of the world to confound the wise. And He uses that which nobody else would use to show His power. Uh, Many of us would have thrown Peter away. Peter, you cursed Peter, you denied the Lord. We would have thrown Peter away, but the Lord pursued Peter. He said, Peter, I'm not through with you yet. I just had to show you that without me, you're nothing. He became a trophy of grace. And here's where sin did abound. There did grace much more abound. Maybe you, like Peter, have failed. Maybe like Peter, God won't let go. The Lord uses the testimony of Peter to show that he's not through with you and that he can still use you. And at the end of yourself, what you can't do, God can do and make you a trophy of his grace, a vessel that where sin abounded, grace can much more abound. Where a family was broken, the testimony of grace and put it together again. The Lord can do the impossible. Here's a question. Lovest thou me? Each one of us need to ask that and let the Lord ask that. A response in humility. Lord, I love you. And you know it. And I can't hide from you. And a call in your own failure. The Lord can take and do something through you, even when others maybe gave up on you.
like us to bow our heads tonight.